Hi, I'm Taylor, and welcome to the TD Nutrition Podcast. Welcome to episode 10. This episode is all about um, acne and the underlying cause of having a lot of acne, especially when you're no longer a teenager. And it can be really frustrating, especially like as adults having chronic acne and nothing seems to like make it go away and maybe something works for a bit, but then it comes back. And it, and it could be a really up and down process. I mean, like a lot of things in health is very up and down. Um, but, you know, acne can be extra frustrating because it is something that's on your face. It's something that people can see with other autoimmune disorders or chronic illnesses. You know, you don't necessarily know by looking at somebody that they have something happening. Like you couldn't look at me and say, oh, she has Lyme's disease. I could see it. Whereas acne, you know, you can't really hide it. I mean, you could put some makeup on, but it's still there. And it can be, again, super frustrating. So I'll start the episode off today by giving a little introduction about acne. And then uh, I'm going to talk about things to note if you struggle with acne. And then I will talk about foods that feed acne, and then I'll end with talking about foods and supplements that help get rid of acne. But before I get to that, I will start talking about like the root cause of acne. We often associate acne with hormonal imbalances, like um, a woman before she gets her menstrual cycle tends to get more acne than they normally have. And while Yes, it's true that we get acne as a result of hormonal imbalances, but that's not like the full picture. That's only like a tiny snippet of it. Um, Acne is actually caused by a large number of strep bacteria residing in the body. And I mentioned a little bit about um, strep bacteria in regards to like the gut health episode, um, and I may have mentioned it in other episodes. So what happens is when our hormones are off balance, whether it's because we just have some sort of hormonal imbalance going on, or whether it's because we're a female and we're preparing for a menstrual cycle, the the ratio of our hormones change to prepare for that. So when our hormone balance is off or changed, uh, as a result, our immune system is also lowering at the same time because it's preparing for this. So our immune system's like kind of focused elsewhere. So our immune system is lowered. And when our immune system is lowered, that strep bacteria that is living in our body has more strength essentially to kind of manifest itself in various symptoms in the body. And one of those symptoms is acne. So now we're going to talk about things to note in regards to strep bacteria and acne. So antibiotics are often prescribed for someone who's dealing with chronic acne which this actually ends up being counterproductive. So antibiotics, they feed strep bacteria and they cause it to grow even more, which that then causes more acne. And this is also super harsh on the gut because antibiotics kill all the good bacteria residing in our gut, which lowers our immune system even further, resulting in the strep bacteria to have that much more power in the body. So it can become an endless cycle of taking antibiotics, the acne getting worse, and then you get prescribed even more antibiotics and it just keeps going. And it's then super frustrating because the acne is not going away. 
And strep bacteria, it's, it's really adaptable. And this is why antibiotics don't work. And Lyme disease is kind of the same way. Lyme, back, Lyme is a bacteria, but it's also a virus. And so if you're taking antibiotics for Lyme's disease, um, because they're trying to treat Lyme as a bacteria, the Lyme is able to adapt and mutate and become a virus. So then the antibiotics don't do anything for the Lyme anymore. So then you have to try to target it a different way. So strep's a little similar. Another thing that an overgrowth of strep bacteria can cause, and this is mostly in women, it can cause frequent urinary tract infections and bacterial vaginosis. So if you get these a lot, it could be a sign that you have overgrowth of strep in your body. And if you have that a lot, one of those things, and you have acne on top of that, then you most definitely have strep overgrowth. And so oftentimes, uh, UTIs and BV, bacterial vaginosis, can be misdiagnosed as a yeast infection. So you, you want to keep that in mind if you go to the doctor and you suspect you have a UTI or BV and they tell you you have a yeast infection. You may want to ask them if they can check you for a UTI or BV just to make sure that that's for sure negative because they'll test you for a yeast infection first. Um, and if that comes back positive, they'll just say, oh, you have a yeast infection. But you could have an overgrowth of yeast as a result of a UTI or something. So it's always safe just to check both. This way you can rule it out. Um, but if you do have a UTI or BV, they're often also treated with antibiotics, which has a similar cycle as acne. You'll take antibiotics for a UTI, say, and then it will keep coming back because the antibiotics are feeding the strep bacteria, which is the thing that is causing the UTI. So again, it's this, this cycle, just like the acne. You take the antibiotics for something to get better, but it's feeding the root cause and it's just not going to get better. So the more antibiotics or prescription antifungals that you're prescribed, and sometimes you could be prescribed a prescription antifungal um, in certain situations. And those will um, actually build up inside the liver and they can cause the liver to get sluggish, especially antifungals. They're very harsh on your liver. Um, when I had Lyme's disease, or well, I have Lyme's disease, but when I was like taking medication for Lyme's disease, I was on a very strong prescription antifungal for a while because I didn't want to be on antibiotics anymore. Um, and I had to get my liver enzymes checked like every couple of weeks to make sure that they weren't elevating my liver enzyme causing harm. And maybe they weren't causing harm in the moment, but like they could cause harm once I'm off the medication and no longer monitoring my liver enzymes. So it's something to keep in mind that antifungals are very, very strong and can be harsh on the liver. But if you take antibi antibiotics, often those can also be harsh on the liver. Um, so you want to be careful because if your liver starts to get sluggish from taking those too often, then you're going to have like other issues and then the strep bacteria is just going to keep growing and you really don't want that. And that's super damaging to our gut flora as well, which is a line of defense that we have to protect ourselves from getting sick and other things. But again, antibiotics and antifungals, they have a time and a place, but when you're being prescribed them too often it can kind of have, you know, the opposite effect. So if every so often you, you know, have something come up and you need to take antibiotics or you need to take an antifungal, definitely take them if that's what your doctor wants you to do. But if you've been consistently having to take antibiotics or an antifungal, 
I would talk to them about what your other options can be besides just getting on medication again, because you could be doing harm to other parts of your body that you just don't want to do. If you are struggling with acne um, or even like UTIs or BV uh, and antibiotics don't seem to be working for you, again, odds are you have an overgrowth of strep bacteria and you can, tr- you can treat this through diet, um, which is great. So you have to just, you know, eliminate certain things from your diet and add more of other things to your diet. So um, I'm going to talk about those now. Although actually, before I get into that, there's one more thing that I want to note about strep bacteria, and that is that strep bacteria, I mean, it's contagious. You can pass it from yourself to another person or someone else could pass it to you. That's like if someone has strep throat, which is more of a high grade strep bacteria infection, that is contagious. But even when it's like low grade and you just have the overgrowth of the bacteria sitting in your body, not necessarily causing strep throat, but just sitting there causing acne, UTIs, whatever, it's still contagious. And so, I mean, most of us carry strep bacteria in our body, but what level do we have it? Maybe someone has a really low level, you know, they're not experiencing acne, they're not experiencing UTIs, but then someone else who has a higher level you know, is experiencing acne or UTIs. Um, I like to ask clients a lot of times, like have, you know, when you were younger, did you have strep throat a lot as a kid? Um, You know, did you ever have your tonsils removed? Because if someone has had those things happen to them and they're still dealing with like chronic acne now, again, they still could have that strep bacteria residing in their bodies. Um, And so we pass it along all the time. We don't even realize it. If you share a drink with your friends, or you know, kissing your significant other, you're passing strep bacteria all the time. Or maybe you have a new, you know, a new significant other, and you never have had strep bacteria, but they carry a small amount of it, and then you're gonna get it from them. But I mean, odds are we all have it to a degree. It's just how high and how much is it impacting us. So I just thought I would share that just like, you know, a high grade infection of strep is contagious, the low grade is contagious as well. So now let's talk about the foods that feed strep bacteria. Wheat and basically all gluten feed strep. All dairy products feed strep bacteria. So if you're dealing with acne or UTIs, you definitely want to cut dairy out. Once you get it under control, you can try to add it back in and see how your body responds. You would also want to cut out eggs if you're dealing with strep bacteria, eggs feed strep. Too many fats in your diet can also feed strep, even if it's good fat. So you just wanna monitor your fat intake. Soy also feeds strep bacteria and so does canola oil, which as you know, I despise canola oil. Um, I was watching the Today Show a day last week. I don't know, I just had it on in the background while I was getting some stuff done and they had this girl on there, I don't know who she was, but she was like a cook and she was cooking a recipe and then she was talking about, okay, so now once you roll that up, you're gonna now dip it in your pan of canola oil and fry them till they're crispy. And I was like, oh my gosh, you just ruined it with the canola oil. Um, So yeah, canola oil just... Again, avoid it altogether. None of us really should be eating it. It is not good for our guts at all, um, but it's especially not good if you're dealing with strep. And it's really not good if you're dealing with a number of other issues, whether it's Crohn's disease, colitis, Lyme's disease, 
you know, almost all autoimmune disorders. Um, so we all could benefit from avoiding canola oil. So now let's talk about foods that help get rid of strep bacteria in the body. So you would want to focus on consuming these foods probably daily if possible. The more often, the better. Um, so there's wild blueberries, lettuces, avocado, um, and again, just be cautious that how much avocado you're consuming because avocado is a fat. Um, onions, garlic, lemon, orange, raw honey, mango. Mango is really great for the skin. It protects you from skin cancer, helps with glowing skin. Um, mango is amazing. It also helps you fall asleep at night so you can eat mango at nighttime for like a dessert. Um, and then lastly, we have celery juice. Um, I've talked about celery juice so much, but I'm telling you, it is good for so many things. Uh, so if you are dealing with acne and you want to try celery juice, you will want to drink 16 ounces on an empty stomach, preferably like in the morning when you first get up because your stomach's the most empty at that time. Um, and then you would wait 15 to 30 minutes after juicing the celery before you have anything else. Um, and you would want to work your way up to 32 ounces. I mentioned that also in the diabetes episode and same with acne because you really want to get the strep bacteria under control. So ideally 32 ounces of celery juice would be amazing. Um, if you're a teenager and you're struggling with acne, the most you would need to drink is 16 ounces. But if you're an adult, uh, 32 is ideal. And then here is a list of supplements that you could take that would help get rid of the strep bacteria. And again, if you are on any other medications and you're concerned about the supplements possibly conflicting with medications you're on, always check with your doctor because again, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know what supplements could conflict with what medications. Um, so first is zinc, which zinc is great for so many things, not just strep bacteria. Zinc is great at helping your body fight off viruses. Um, so it could be a good thing to take to protect yourself against the flu or COVID. Next, we have periodic golden seal. That's like an antioxidant. Fresh thyme tea, lemon balm tea, or you could take a lemon balm um, tincture, which is basically liquid lemon balm. Just make sure it's alcohol-free. Then lots of vitamin C. So an example of that would be like liposomal vitamin C, which is like a certain concentrate of vitamin C, or micro C, which is a specific kind of vitamin C as well. I have for sure micro C on my website. I don't know if I have the other one, but um, yeah, lots of vitamin C. B12, preferably a vegan B12, because you don't necessarily know if um, the animal that they got the B12 from was like organically raised and stuff like that. So it's always kind of just safe to go with a vegan B12. Um, barley grass juice powder, and lastly, spirulina. That wraps up today's episode about acne. And if you are someone who is struggling with chronic acne or even just like chronic UTIs, um, this is super helpful information, but if you feel that you need a little bit more guidance and support, like that's what I'm here for. Um, and I would love to work with you one-on-one. -on -one. If that's something that you're interested in, feel free to send me an email at tdnutritioncoaching at gmail.com. Thanks for listening as always, and join me next week for my next episode.